Good morning, good morning, good morning, and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I am your host, Melody Ferris Tucker, and I am so grateful that you are here. I do hope this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. So today I have called this podcast Seasonal Grief, and I'm going to try not to get emotional um, today, but uh, I can't promise anything. So um, I actually follow this, um, somebody that I follow on TikTok just started her podcast. And so of course I've been supporting her by listening to her podcast and her, um, one of them she called, I don't fit in. And it really, uh, it really touched me because, um, I have felt like that a lot of times in my life, right? Um, not having the normal childhood, right? Or um, getting into an addiction or a teen mom or, you know, um, domestic violence or I didn't go from high school to college. And, you know, you we create um, what we feel like is normal. Um, you know, or we, we look and think, well, I need to live like this because this is what normal is, right? And so when we feel like we don't fit in, is what she was talking about, um, you know, we kind of go through moments of feeling like, you know, I don't fit in, where's my place? And oftentimes we begin to, um, you know, change who we were created to be in order to fit into a certain area of life, right? Or to fit in with a certain group of people. And I really got to thinking about that because, you know, oftentimes, you know, as I was, when I was younger, that's what I did, right? When I stepped into that addiction, that's what I was doing, right? Because the girl that I, um, that I was friends with, she had used for two years. Like I had been friends with her for two years and she always used and it never, like I never thought, hey, I want to do that, right? I didn't even know what that was. You know, she had just been honest with me and I was like, okay. And I had no idea what meth was, right? And the night that I became an addict, um, in, you know, I was going to stay at her house because, you know, the kids and, you know, their father had left. I didn't know where they were. They locked me out of the house. And so I was like, I don't have anywhere to go. So I go there. And even though at that moment I had given up, I was like, everything that I thought was my life is gone. And I don't care. Nobody cares about me. I had all of these um, beliefs associated with, you know, well, I've been left before. Um, I'm unlovable. I, you know, I had all of these um, different thoughts about myself and about the situation. And I said, I, you know what, at this moment, I'm going to fit in. Instead of saying, no, I am not. I had completely given up and I found myself trying to fit into this crowd. And then before you know it, I was in this crowd that, you know, of people that you would think are friends, right? Or, you know, everybody's your friend in that, t- in that world because we all go there to escape, 
right? We all go there to escape reality. Um, and we all go there to self-medicate, to feel better about ourselves because we've experienced some type of trauma or some type of hurt or pain or whatever it is that addicts are escaping from. Most of the time, that's what we do, right? We go to escape from the world and, you know, we're around a whole bunch of other people that use and, you know, we just kind of gather and we just kind of feed each other's dysfunction and our addiction at the same time. And I began to think about that of like the times in my life that I wanted to fit in so badly, right? Um, in, in school, right? Um, I wasn't the kid with the fancy clothes. In fact, my grandmother used to make my clothes, okay? And I used to cry because I was so embarrassed, but she would make a lot of my clothes and she was very adamant about looking like a young lady and, and, you know, so, um, and she didn't have the best sense of style for the young people. She was much older than, you know, she was in the older community and the older generation and she would make dresses with petticoats and she would make these rompers which have now come back in style, right? But was embarrassing to me when I was in sixth and seventh grade. That was embarrassing. Like, I don't want you to buy my clothes. And I mean, I don't want you to make my clothes. Like, why can't we go to the store and buy them? And so, um, you know, I would find it hard to fit in. And although I had a group of girls that I was very close with, they, as they grew up, they went and they went to college and they got married and they didn't end up in an addiction and they didn't end up as teen moms and, you know, all of these things. So I found myself kind of like, I don't, I don't fit in, right? I'm not that, I I don't fit in. And a lot of times when I'll post stuff on social media of my grandparents, these same group of girls will be like, I, we had so many fun memories with your grandfather, right? He gave the best hugs, like all the things. And even though at that time, you know, I couldn't see it, but my life was never like theirs, right? And I fit in, but I didn't fit in, but I tried to fit in, if you can understand what I'm saying. And so, you know, as you get older, you know, I got out of prison and how I imagined my life is not how it turned out, right? You know, I imagined going to a job and working and, you know, I didn't really have the thought of what it would actually look like, but what it looks like now, I didn't have that thought, right? And, you know, I didn't really think that I would find someone that loved me, you know, um, I knew that I, I would rekindle that relationship with my children, but I didn't know that I would be a Nana and that they would grow up to be so amazing, right? I couldn't see that. And, you know, I couldn't see it at the moment, but, you know, we know that God works in seasons, right? He works at different times, and it reminds me of David, right? Because, you know, although my husband calls me David um, a lot in our home, Um, you know, if you study David, he, you know, goes from, you know, living in a pasture with sheep, 
right, and caring for sheep. And then they come to his house to um, because they're anointing someone. There's someone anointed under his father, Jesse, right? And his father didn't even mention him. Like, his father didn't even believe in him. He believed in all of his other sons, but he didn't believe in David, right? But then David goes on to kill Goliath. Right, but then in First Samuel um, twenty-two, we see that David is taking refuge in a cave. Right? How do you go from killing Goliath, right, and killing a giant that literally the entire nation was scared of, to hiding in a cave? And it says that. And here's what it says. It says, when David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, right? These are the people that did not believe in him. These were the people that he, the people that he would go and feed, right? And um, when they were on the battlefield and they would laugh and, and joke. And when they, he said, I will kill the giant, they made a fool out of him right? And it says that they all heard about it and the whole family went down and joined him there, right? And this is what he, this is what it says. In addition, every man who was desperate in debt or disconnected rallied around him and he became their leader. There was about 400 men that were there. Or it says men, yeah, were with him, right? So in the long run, we know that these were the people who actually took him to the palace, right? These were people that were down on their luck, that were, you know, in in debt and who were desperate, right? And in that season, David was like, God, I, I see the people who need me, but where are the people who want to support who who support me? Right? Like you're sending me people who don't support me, who don't see me, who um you know, who who need me constantly, but but where are the people who support me, right? And, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like in that season, David's like, I just did all of this, right? To put it in, in today's terms is, you know, God, I came out of that addiction. God, I've changed my life. God, I've wrote a book. God, I do a podcast, God, I'm trying to be a good mom and a good nana and a good wife and, you know, all the things, right? But you have to think that David was grieving because he's like, I've done all of this. But now I find myself in a cave surrounded by people who don't really support me. They just need me for something, right? And, you know, and then, of course, these people end up being their they're his his supporters and right and they're the ones that fight him to um to the palace right and get him to the palace which i think is is so amazing and when we go to if you go to psalms 142 you hear david um you know in a, a prayer that he uh said while he was in this cave and it says i cry aloud to the lord I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. 
Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look at the right and look to the right and see no one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me and no one cares about me. I cry to you, Lord, and I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. For me, free me from prison so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a, a powerful prayer because, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I like have been grieving in this particular season that I'm in. Um, and I'm going to try not to cry. I've been grieving in this season. The baby that destiny used to be. This tiny little girl. And my husband and I laugh all the time because he's like, it's your fault. She's this big, right? Because we had to make a decision to get a G-tube. And as soon as we got that G-tube, she just exploded. But we don't always understand our emotions. We don't always understand, like we may be feeling a certain way and we don't understand in that particular season why we feel like that. And, you know, um, we're always looking at pictures of like Madison and Destiny when you know, there were so little. And it hit me the other day that I'm grieving who she used to be. Not because I don't want her to grow up, but because she's gotten so big that the things we used to do, her and I, like get in the truck and, you know, go to Walmart or, you know, get in the truck and go somewhere is, is getting more limited because she's so big now. And so I find myself grieving in that, right? And, you know, because I say, you know, Lord, you know, people around me all the time say, you know, you're going to be rewarded for this because you're doing amazing things with her, right? And I don't think it's really the reward that I'm asking God for. I'm not asking God for a reward for this because... You know, because I didn't give birth to her, but I feel like she's mine. And I'm not asking for a reward. I don't want a reward. But I ask God, I'm so sorry. But I ask God, Like, I look into the future and I'm like, God, is this what it's going to be? Like, is it going to be? 
like where we have to stay home all the time? I mean, is she going to get so big that we can't take her to do stuff? And I feel like that's kind of like how David was. You know, he was grieving like I've done so much and I've come so far. But then now it's like, has it stopped? You know, and I feel like David probably felt like that by his prayer. You know, like, you know, you know, God, I've come so far. I've killed the giant. I've saved the nation. I've done all the things. But. But where do we go from here? Right? God, are you, he's he's like, are you going to free me so that I can, um, you know, so that I can gather around? I mean, so that I can, he says, pray me so that I can praise your name. Right? And we know that in, in the long run, he does. But I know that in this particular season, David was probably like, you know, God, I don't see it. Right? Not you 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 send me all these people that need me, but but like where are the people who support me, right? And I think that's a big situation um with a lot of us because we feel like our life is uncommon, right? And um, you know, we feel like our life is is uncommon. And you know, I find myself, and if you want me to be fully transparent, I find myself being very envious of my husband because, you know, you know, he's going out and he's doing, you know, God's work and he'll say, Hey, I'm going to go help and do this. And I'm going to go help so-and-so do this, or I'm going to, you know, sit, um, go and, and, sit with the man of God and, you know, counsel someone and things like that. And, you know, I find myself giving him crap over it. Not because I, you know, I don't want him to do it, but I find myself giving him crap over it because I don't get to do it. Right. And so we, we find ourselves in these seasons where we have pity parties. We feel like, you know, um, you know, who, who is supporting us? And I'm not talking about is in your husband or wife situation. I'm not talking about that type of situation. I'm talking about a community, right? And so we question ourselves as to where we fit in, right? Where do we fit in? I know that nobody is beating down my door to be my friend, right? Why? Because my life doesn't look like theirs. And then you find yourself asking like, God, why is my entire life looked so uncommon? And I think back to David, you know, his life was always so uncommon, right? Even, even, you know, when he got to the palace, like he still acted like he had some hood in him, right? Because we know that he slept with someone else's wife, right? We know that David made mistakes, right? We know that he went through these seasons. We even know that he lost a child and he went through a season of grief. So I think that in David's story, we can learn something from that, 
right? We can learn that although we may be in a season right now of something, and although we may be grieving in this particular season, and we can't see how things are going to turn out, and it's so it's so hard to try to push through that, right? Because we say, my life is uncommon. I don't fit in with the church people, right? Because, you know, let's just be real. I'm not always boiling hot Christian, right? Um, I'm more of a transparent, mm, um, you know, on a, on a good day, um, a warm cup of coffee kind of Christian, right? And, you know, if, if you're on here and you're listening to this and you are holier than thou, I am so sorry because, um, I'm, I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not, I love God. I pray to God, but I am not the Bible thumper. I am the girl who is a hot mess. I am a girl who will tell you that I am not got it all together. I am the girl that will tell you that, um, you know, I don't read my Bible every single day. I need to. I don't. Um, you know, I will tell you that I'm the girl that, you know, sometimes prays the same prayer all the time. I am the girl that goes to God and says, why is this happening? Or why is that happening? Or why do I feel this way? Right? And, you know, that's me being fully transparent. And... So you don't fit in with the holy people, right? But you don't fit in with the moms that have normal kids, right? You, you know, you don't go shopping all the time. You, um, you know, you, you don't cook every day, right? So where, where do you fit in? And I think David probably felt the same way, like, you know, God, I, I'm doing all of the things, but I don't feel like I fit in. I haven't fit in since I was in the pasture. I haven't fit in since I was 10 years old, right? Because those are the days where I realized that I was not... My life was not normal, right? Those were the days that I questioned, began to question my identity. I began to question my worthiness. I began to question, was I capable? Those were the days, right? And in those days, not knowing, I was still grieving the person I was prior to being abused at 10 years old, right? Then when I got sent to my biological moms, I grieved the life, I grieved my grandparents because they were always my saving grace and I didn't have them anymore, right? They were thousands of miles away. When I was in prison, I grieved my children because I wasn't able to be with them. So if you can see where I'm coming from, there's always going to be a season. You're always going to be grieving something in a season. Rather, rather you're, you know, grieving, you know, something that you lost, a person, or rather you're grieving, um, you know, something, 
materialistic that you lost, which I hope that if it's material, you're not grieving it, but people do grieve materialistic things. Um, you know, maybe you're grieving a divorce. Maybe you're grieving because your kids are grown and they've moved out. Maybe you're grieving because, you know, things in your life are changing in you and they're changing faster than you expected them to change. And, you know, we're, we're always going to be grieving something, right? There's always something to be grieving about. But I think the important thing is this, that although we are grieving, I think that in our grieving and in the grief in this particular season or the season that you're in, it causes you to go to God more. God understands the grief. God understands the season that you're in, right? He understands and he hears your prayers and your cries and he's not a God that is like we are most days, wishy-washy, right? He's, he's not that He's not that God. He's the omnipresent God. And even in your grief and your tears and your crying and your inability to see what's next, right? He's still there. But in those grieving seasons, it just lets us know how much we need you know, something higher and greater than ourselves, God, or whatever it is that you uh, believe in, right? We have to, you know, mind, of course, is God. If you've been here for a while, you already know this. Um, But sometimes it's hard, right? We hear the saying that, you know, God is the same God in the valley as he is on the mountaintop, which is, I believe, a thousand percent. But sometimes in that valley, it's hard to see, right? It's hard to see him because you're, you're questioning, right? You're grieving. And when we grieve something, um, rather big or small, I think that's, that's God touching our hearts to open us up more to him, right? So, For instance, when we get in trouble, right, or we get into a bad situation, you may not pray every day, but if you get into a bad situation, you're going to start praying, right? Because you need to believe that there is something greater that can help you, right? And we start praying, God, you know, if you do this for me, I'll do this, or I'll do this, or I'll do this, right? But I think that when we're grieving something, it's... Um, it, it allows us to be, go to God more vulnerably, right? It allows us to go to God with more of our heart because when you're grieving something, your heart is hurting, right? Not just your mind and, you know, the negative thoughts because in, in those grieving thoughts, the devil is trying to attack you, right? The devil is trying to attack you. 
because he's trying to tell you, you know, all the things, you know, to reassure you that, you know, God's not there. He's not going to help you. Look what he's done to you. You know, he's, he's there to reassure your negative thoughts, right? And tell you, you're going to be grieving forever. Nothing is ever going to change. You know, you're always going to be like this. You know, that's Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But I think when we're grieving, it really allows us to go to God more vulnerably, right? With all of our heart, with all of our thoughts, you know, and really lay it out on the table for him because he's there, right? And even if you say, why? Like, you know, God, why? Can you reveal to me why this particular situation happened? Can you reveal to me why this particular situation happened or why this is going on? And I feel like if you really vulnerably go to him, you know, and open up your heart and I, you know, he hears you. He, he hears you. Sometimes we need to grieve things in order to heal. You know, grieving something is a normal, is a normal process, right? If you're going through trauma and you're trying to heal from the trauma, right? You have to bring all that back up. Right? If you're going to therapy or you're in a program, you have to get all of that stuff out. Right, You have to. And then once you start to lay it all on the table, the tears and the anger and all of these things are going to begin to come. And that's a sign of grief. You're grieving something even though you're trying to get rid of it. You're grieving that because it's been a part of you for so long. So you're going to grieve that. It's normal. But we have to be vulnerable enough to to say, I am grieving this particular thing. Because when we go to God more vulnerably, right? You will begin to to hear your, your prayers begin to change. Right? You know, if you don't pray all the time, maybe you journal all the time. Right? That's one of the big things about healing that they tell you to do is write it down. Write down everything you're feeling, everything you're mad about, what you're grieving, all of that. And they say, read it to yourself out loud, rip it up and throw it away and let it go. Right? That's one of the big things that therapists and programs, they all tell you to do that. Because it works, right? But even then, when you write it down, rip it up, and throw it away, it's a natural emotion to grieve that. Because you've, you've let go of something that's been attached to you for, it could be 20 to 30 years. I hope that this makes sense because I think that um, sometimes we feel that we're grieving and, you know, in, in a grieving season, you know, you feel like you want to be heard and you want to be seen and you want to be understood. And oftentimes people don't understand you. 
right? You know, it could be, why are you acting this way? You know, what is wrong with you? Um, You know, do you have an attitude? Or, you know, people can just be like, she's weird. Like, oh, is she, you know, using again or, you know, whatever. And you're really just in a season of grieving and purging these particular things, which is completely normal. Which is completely normal. Why do you think we have so many suicides every day? Because those people are not feeling seen and heard. And they are grieving something. They are going through something. And when people begin to feel unseen or unheard, then you know, depression and anxiety, they begin to isolate themselves. And that's why we have so many suicides every single day. Because people are are grieving something. And people are going through something and they're battling something and they're fighting something. And they isolate because they feel like their life is uncommon. They feel like they're alone in, in, in the things. And that's why we have so many suicides because we are all grieving something. We are all going through something. And it's easy to tell somebody, God loves you. Right? It's easy to tell somebody that. Um, It's easy to tell somebody, you know, if you want to change, you can change. But sometimes, some people, they've been this way for so long, they don't even know where to start. And when you start telling people, you can change if you want to, right? Or, you know, or you're discounting their feelings. Or what they're going through instead of saying, listen, I get it. I understand. This is what I've been through. And show them that you're relatable. Right? And help them to get started. The point of this today is, in this particular season, you may be grieving something. In this particular season, you may be asking God, what is the point of this season? Or God, I don't see anything beyond this season. I'm struggling. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to question, right? It's okay to go to God with questions, right? It's okay. And I know that, you know, we oftentimes say, you know, why, why me, God? And then it's like, well, why not you? You know, because of Jesus. But even Jesus went to God and asked why. In fact, he said, God, would you take past this cup, right? Very emotional. Like Jesus in that moment was grieving, He was grieving what he was about to have to do. Although it was for a greater cause, he was grieving and crying 
And in that moment was extremely vulnerable and said, God, pass this cup over. Even though he said, you know, may your will be done. His first, his, his first plead was pass this cup, right? Give it to somebody else. I, I don't want to do this. So we can see that every story in the Bible, people were grieving. Moses was grieving. We can see Ruth was grieving. Like all the women in the Bible, they were grieving something, right? The woman at the well, um, you know, Mary, Martha, everybody's grieving something. And I want you to know that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to go and say, God, I don't understand this season, but I'm grieving in this season. You know, I, I don't, I can't see past this season. I don't see how this season is going to change ever, right? And be vulnerable in it. We may not always feel like we fit in. And I know it's, you know, the thing is like, you don't fit in, you know, you stand out, which may be a good term for, you know, but if you're in the thick of it, you don't understand that concept. So I'm asking and encouraging you today to Allow yourself to grieve. And you may not understand, other people may not understand it. Um, You may not fit in to the crowd that you want to be in, right? And there may not be people beating down your door to be your friend or asking you to join their community. But know that God has a purpose and a plan. Know that you know, in every season, um, there's a purpose. And we may not see it. And the season may last longer than a month or two months or three months or a year or two years. The season may last longer than you expect it to last. And you may find yourself grieving a season prior, right? Or, you know, you just, you, you never know in what particular season you'll be grieving what thing. But I encourage you to take it to God. I encourage you to be vulnerable because although people around you may not understand, people around you may not see you or really, um, you know, or or you don't feel like you're heard or you know but if you take that to God he he hears you he hears you and pour that grief out to him ask him the questions you may not get the answer today but he will he will send you he will send you little god winks along the way to let you know that you're doing the right thing and that you're in the right spot and that you're doing a good job. So 
If you're grieving today, that's okay. It's normal. Just um, step into it. Feel it. Pray about it. And I am so sorry for getting emotional on this podcast. Um, It's never my intention to be emotional and ugly cry. So anyways, I hope that this touches the ears that need to hear it. I hope that it made sense. Um, I hope that if it's somebody that needs to hear it, you would share it, tag them, whatever it is. And um, I thank you for hanging out with me this morning. And uh, I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.